What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Welcome back to Confident as Fuck. I am here with the sales queen. I am so excited. Another queen in the house. Um, We are here with Jillian Murphy. I am so excited to have her on. She is a mentor for online business owners. She's a mentor for online business owners on sales and strategy. She also has a podcast. Um, Her content is something that I've actually referenced a lot on this podcast. So if you guys hear me reference her, this is the one and only the sales queen. So welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Like I also love your show. I love your content. I literally am obsessed with you. So like, it's literally an honor to be here. I'm so excited to jam out with you. I know I had so much fun with you on my podcast. So now we are doing it on yours and I'm so fucking excited to be here today. Yes. Yeah. Your podcast was so fun because it was like quick, quick to the point. Mm. And mine is very like a little bit more laid back. So it was awesome. Like switching it up and yeah, you are a force to be reckoned with on Instagram, in the coaching world. I'm just, like I said, I reference your content a lot because I do find it really polarizing, helpful, all the things. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I will tell you guys how we met. I think I, I was just telling Jillian that I think I just made the connection. So I think you shot with girl squad in. Yeah. In Detroit. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm in Detroit. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, I shoot with, I've shot with girl squad, Monica and, um, Teresa a lot of times here in LA. And I think they went out to you and then I started following you. I'm not sure how that even happened. I thought it was a totally different connection, but so we've actually been connected for a while. So, oh my gosh, such a, that's such a, like a great intertwine. I didn't actually know that. So I actually know Monica cause her and I were in fast foundations together. We were in a mastermind together. And then her and I actually vacationed together. We went to Arizona on a retreat together. We became like lifelong friends. And then I have shot with her in Arizona a couple of times. Um, I shot with her one time, um, I think somewhere else. I don't remember where. And then she and I had this idea to do a pop-up because I have a lot of clients in Detroit. She was like, why don't we do this pop-up in Detroit? You'll be like the face of it. And we'll get like eight or nine girls. And it'll just be like this pop-up in Detroit. And if you can sell it out, which you're the sales queen, I'm sure you can, I'll come to Detroit and we'll do this like pop-up in Detroit. And I was like, hell yeah. So we did this like pop-up here in Detroit and it was like so fucking fun. But yeah, uh, Monica is absolutely great. Teresa is absolutely great. So yeah, they're just like the bomb.com. Yes. I love them so much. All my images are from them. I haven't done a shoot since. So, well, I have done one shoot since, and it was very different. Like there's a way that she captures your energy through photos that is just, and video, but it just, it, she was a first photographer I really ever shot with. And so then shooting with someone else after shooting with her multiple Mm -hmm. times, I was like, Oh, this is what is missing. I see. Yeah. It's just, it's just really just like not the same. And I always tell Mm -hmm. her, I'm like, I'm getting ready to go to Arizona for a mastermind in March and then to Palm Springs in November. And I'm like, Monica, like I got to get you on the books again, because like, I just, I need you again. Yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the connection. Like how fun. I did not either until, um, Teresa who has been on the podcast as well, she is the one who actually told me, she was like, oh, can't wait to hear your episode. And I was like, oh, how do you know her? <laughs> She's like, yeah. oh yeah, like <laughs> I've known her for a while. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, Small world. That's also like the, that is why like this internet space is so big, but it's actually like really small too. And I sure. always say like, you never know who's connected with who. Um, that's why like, you always just need to like be careful. Cause like you really never, you never, ever know. For sure. It's a big, small world out there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's do a little weekly fave and, um, confidence corner. Do you have something you're loving this week? Yeah. So this week, especially one thing that I am loving is that like, one, it's the holiday. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but like, I'm loving just like stepping into the fact that like, I'm able to really take a break this week and sit into the confidence of like, my business is fine. (laughs) 
Like it's not going to go away. I've built an amazing business. I've built an amazing community. I've built just like greatness and having that confidence of like, it's going to be okay. And then showing my audience, showing my clients like that I'm having that confidence so that like they can have it too. So I think that's been like a really great thing to to show people. And, you know, yeah, it is the holiday, but like really it's any week. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like take a random week off in June, take a random week off in August, take Easter off. And it's like, have the confidence in yourself that like your shit's not going to fall apart. And if it is, then like you need to build a better business. Right. I love that. I think that's the, I always was caught when I first started, I was always caught in this, like, I need to catch up. Like everyone else is so ahead. Like I I can't take a break. Like I need to catch up. I haven't even like done anything that I want to do. And I love that confidence of relaxing and knowing it really is confidence and Mm -hmm. self-trust, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I built this enough so that nothing's going to fall apart. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, just knowing that like your audience is still going to be there. And like, if you don't put out an offer or if you don't sell something, or if you don't post, then like, it's absolutely, it's absolutely okay. Yeah. Something, I don't remember who, um, might've been Chelsea that she was saying, um, one of the affirmations that she uses when she's taking time off like that is, um, people are still magnetized to my Instagram and my Mm -hmm. offers, even when I'm not showing up every single day and offering like straight up offering the offer that mm-hmm. people still want to work with her. So yeah, that is something that rings true in my mind when I take like long breaks like that too. So yeah. And I think too, more than anything, like you're showing your audience that like you're the leader and you can, mm-hmm. right? Like this week, I mean, like my daughter does a lot of my social media, but like when I'm not showing up, my audience is actually in like my clients, especially like are seeing me take a break. So they're like, oh, I can take a break. If I'm always on, or I'm always a spaz, then my clients feel like they always need to be on, or they need to be like, they need to be spastic. But like the more that I can show up and be a leader and be like, you guys take a break, calm down. Don't, don't be hectic all the time. That actually is refreshing for them too. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives everybody kind of like a little bit of breathing room, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine is almost quite the opposite. Um, but it's something that I want to tie into a topic later that I want to ask you about. Um, but showing up for me, it's more showing up within Mm -hmm. a little bit of chaos. Um, we're having some family stuff that we've been having like all year and, um, showing up despite that happening and not letting that little voice inside your head say like, you're really going to offer a a course on something when this is happening, you know, that's the kind of voice that I hear, Mm -hmm. um, is like, this is unimportant based on what's actually important right here, but it's not unimportant. So, um, mine is my weekly fave has actually been showing up despite what's going on. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's important. I think it's super important. Yeah. I'm going to, I want to ask you about that later because I know you were talking about that, um, Mm -hmm. in your, in your recent post. So before we do that, let's do confidence corner. So do you have something that made you feel confident this week? Something that you're doing? Yeah. So I've actually recently really kind of shifted my business model. Um, and I've taken some like really scary jumps. I have changed my pricing quite a bit. I've changed my offers quite a bit. Um, and there were two things this week that I actually offered quite differently. Um, and I was very much like a moment. Um, and one was like, a hell yes, I'll still take it. And one was like, I don't think this is an alignment for me right now, but that's totally okay. Like people are going to say no all the time, but just knowing that like, I had the confidence to like step into this like next level and second step into this next version, even when I wasn't sure, even when it didn't really make sense. And knowing that like this next level of confidence is going to get me to the next level of growth. Um, and I did it anyways, and I did it scared and I did it not even sure. Um, and it's almost like I had to borrow a little bit of confidence because I wasn't quite there yet. And I always say like, sometimes I have to mimic other people's confidence. I have to step into other people's confidence. I have to mirror other people's confidence. Um, and that's what I had to do this week. And one was a great sale and one was like, not a right now. Um, but that was something that I had to do this week. And I think that that's important to showcase people because even though I might look like I'm always super confident or I'm always super on, I'm not always, but I have to borrow other people's confidence sometimes and step into that. And my person that I like always step into, one is Lindsay Schwartz and one's Elena Cardone. 
And sometimes I just have to borrow their confidence. And I'm like, what would Lindsay do right now? What would Elena Cardone do? And they would like put on their big girl pants and they would like step up to the plate and they would do the work. So that's what I do. I love that energy of borrowing the confidence because you're absolutely right. Like we don't always have the confidence to do what we're doing. And that's kind of what confidence is, is stepping out of the things that you know you can do and that you can a hundred percent, you know, knock it out of the park and still doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, borrowing and embodying somebody else that you admire. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's think about like when you go to a concert and um like a celebrity, right. Or um someone famous is like up there singing, right. Like why do we resonate with those lyrics and why do we resonate with the person being up there and being like, you know, almost like idolized is because we're we can embody those through music, but you can do that in in so many other ways. So yeah, I love that confidence piece. Yeah. I actually have like really bad social anxiety and people would like never know this about me because I host a lot of masterclasses almost every month. And my masterclasses get anywhere between like, usually like 30 to hundred people on them. Like my masterclasses jam out. And before I actually get on my masterclass, I literally step into like the persona of Elena Cardone. Like she is who I step into. And I say like, okay, like she wouldn't be scared. She doesn't care if her zoom crashes. She doesn't care if people's speakers are on or someone hits unmute or like it crashes. Right. And like, I literally have to like step into her before every single masterclass. Otherwise I'd be like a fucking hot mess. I'd be like, Oh my God, like someone hit mute or my PowerPoint's not working or like my canvas up or like, where's my team. Um, and again, like I don't always have the confidence, even though it might seem like it, I have to literally borrow other people's a lot of, a lot of times. And that's just something that I've always done, even being in sales for 22 years. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think the pre, um, hype or mm-hmm. like the pre meditation or whatever your form of whatever getting in is. the zone, like is so important. And that's something that I neglected for a while. And then you're here anxious, sit waiting for the zoom or whatever it may be. And then <laughs> you're like, Oh shit. And then you get on and you ha- still have that anxious en- energy. So I love doing that too. I love that. Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like this is so aligned to this. My little confidence piece for this week, my confidence corner is actually stepping up to a new level of confidence. And I talked about this on my Instagram story yesterday. Um, Mm -hmm. and it really is like an embodiment. So Renee and I were, uh, watching a little clip on YouTube or something like that about, David Goggins. And if you know, David Goggins, you know, he's a super intense, um, guy already. And so someone was being interviewed about their interaction with him and saying that when he hit like a hard level of something, he almost got better and he really turned into a different person. And they were like, I saw that different person really come to life in front of my eyes. And like I mentioned, there's a lot of stuff going on in our personal life. And so it's really forced me to level up in a confident way. And I felt as I was talking through Voxer to one of my friends, I felt this new person almost like come out or like I was stepping into this new person of just like, I I don't care. I do not care about someone else's opinion. I don't care about what's happening behind the scenes. I don't care about um, anyone else's perception. I don't care. And to be able to say, I truly don't care from a confident place is so, so good. It's a new level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think it really is. And I think once you can step into that, and again, like even Lori Harder, one of my mentors always says, like every new level is a new devil in you. And I think as you step into that, there is a new growth, there is a new embodiment, there is a new step that you're going to do. And when you can shut that noise off, like that's where the magic happens. For sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always talk about that, that noise, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the noise can be so deafening. And then when you shut it off, you're like, Oh, thank God. Like I can Mm -hmm. just be me and do my thing. And it's like, everything is clear. Yeah, it really is. And when you start to really shut that noise off, I mean, even from like an outsider's perspective, other coaches, like so many other things, you are just so much more clear. I mean, I talk about this a lot on my podcast, I have very little noise in my world. Like I don't, I don't follow very many other business coaches. So I don't have the noise of like, what's my competition doing? Like, I don't know what a lot of other coaches are doing. I don't know what they're offering. I don't know what their masterminds are priced at. I don't know what kind of content they're putting out because that literally like 
would mess up my confidence. I'd be like, oh, should I be charging more? Should I be charging less? They're getting 10 people in. I'm only getting three in. Like it would mess up my confidence, right? I don't follow a lot of my clients. People are like, wow, that's really weird. You don't follow your clients. I don't follow my clients because I don't want to know if they bought another course. I don't want to know if they hired another mentor. I don't want to know any of that stuff because again, that would mess up my confidence, right? Like I'd be like, oh, did I do something wrong? Do they need something else? Like all of those little outside noises start to really compound and they actually really affect your confidence, whether you actually believe it or not. I had a client last week, her whole week was wrecked because one of her one-on-one clients hired one of my clients. So all week she was like wrecked to the core and the client didn't even leave her. She just bought into somebody else as well. And all week she was like, oh my God, maybe I'm not doing a good job. Maybe I'm not serving them good enough. Maybe my pricing isn't all these things. And she didn't realize that like this one little thing, watching somebody's stories, like fucking wrecked her confidence all week. And it was like, imagine if you never even saw that and you were just in your own lane, just going, going, going right now. If one of my clients says to me like, hey, can you watch my stories? Can you check out my content? I will, but I don't want to know what everybody else is doing. I want to literally be like so laser focused in my own world. That's very Mamba mentality of you. Very Kobe of you, like being in your own world. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of that noise, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about and a lot of stuff to do with confidence is comparison, right? And comparing to other people and then you know, reflecting back on ourselves and what we're doing and how does that compare to them? And it's just, it, it, nothing really good comes from comparison. I don't think, um, unless it's for growth and that's like a very, very, that's a high level mindset to be able to separate those two. But, mm-hmm. um, I love the no noise. I actually, since I started my podcast, I'm like embarrassed, but I really don't listen to many podcasts anymore. No. Um, I have a few that I will catch up on and I'll go through a few phases where I will be heavy into podcasts, but I'm like in my, I'm reading, I'm like listening to audible. I'm studying people that I want to be like, but that's it. Like, I'm not concerned with anybody else who's even Mm -hmm. a few tiers above me. Um, because Renee and I were saying this earlier is like, it's so amazing having your own business because you can actually do whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter what the fuck anybody else is doing in your field because you can do whatever the fuck you want. Whatever you want. So I've had this, I've had the same mentor for 18 months. Right. So I've, I've never had another, another business coach. Now I've bought like a course here and there, like, Oh, maybe I want to learn like this thing on TikTok, or maybe I want to learn something about the algorithm, but I've had one mentor for 18 months. People ask me all the time. They're like, how do you not get like sucked into like buying all the things? How do you not get sucked into like, oh, I want to join this. 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 I'm like, the reason why is because my mentor is really the only person above me that I'm following. So the only thing in essence that I'm getting sucked into is whatever she's selling and I'm already in it. So that's where, like, I think a lot of people miss it is they're following all these people like above them, let's say in air quotes. So they're like, oh, maybe I need this. Maybe I need this. Maybe I need this. Maybe I need this. When really the only person like content you really should be following is probably the person who you're paying, the person you're really investing in, right? Or maybe some like higher end, like really higher end people, right? But it's like, if you're following 10,000 other business coaches, And they're all really good at marketing and they're all really good in sales. Of course, you're going to be like bouncing around like a, like a ping pong paddle. Right. But like for me, Raquel is really the only business coach that I follow. So she's the only person's like sales or whatever that I'm really seeing. So I think that's the other thing too. It's like, I'm not marketed to a lot because I'm not consuming a lot of people's stuff that's marketing to me. Yeah. I think that's super important is Mm -hmm not only staying with the same coach for an extended period of time, I like mm-hmm. that too, mm-hmm. especially when it's a one-on-one relationship. Like you yeah. said, I, I stayed with my uh, first coach for two years and mm-hmm. I took other courses like here and there, but yeah. after a very long time, like I stayed with her for, I think over like a year and a half before I even yep. took another course. Um, and then I actually, I same with you, I didn't follow any other business coaches. And this was, I, I always am like, I'm just, I'm just write or die. So I just, I think that's how I just operated. I am. Um, but 
as soon as I stepped into that coaching world and started following these other coaches, I did become vastly confused, vastly confused, vastly unconfident, um, unsure of my offers and their pricing. I was like, whoa, like it threw me for a second before I had to like come back and be like, okay, like, you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I took a break from any having any coach at all, any program, nothing for a whole year. Um, and I think that was really helpful to be like, okay, you know what? Like I have done so much like work with coaches and I, I've learned so many things. I need to implement this into my own life and see what feels aligned to me. And I think that's kind of what you're tapping Mm -hmm. into as well is like, what aligns to me? What does my advisor say? And Mm -hmm. the people that I really, really, really look up to. Yeah, it's it's so true. And even like at the point, like when I was with Raquel for 18 months, it's like, if I wanted to buy a course or had it, I, I would really, I would literally take it to her. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, is this a good investment? Like even the people that have been with me for 12 months, 15, 18 months, 22 months, 24 months, they'll come to me and they'll be like, Jill, is this a good investment? And I don't look at it from a place of like, let me steer you in a direction, good or bad. But also it's like, does this make sense based on like the business that we're building together? If I'm teaching you like business strategy, and then you're going to go over here and buy a course and it's all like how to manifest your business, you're going to be confused as shit because you're going to listen to this course. That's going to be like, Hey, go journal and sit outside and wait for clients to come. And then you're going to get on a call with me. And I'm going to be like, go do organic outreach and put out really good content. Right. So it's like, it's not in alignment at all. Yeah. That's the other thing I think that's very interesting is having your courses or your mentors aligned with each other because that can get really confusing. I see that a lot too is in every coach, every coach coaches differently. So like, even though we may be saying the same thing, right? Because Mm -hmm. even with business strategy and manifesting, even though they sound vastly different, a lot Mm -hmm. of it may be the same, but it's like how it's presented and are they aligned to each other? You know, Mm -hmm. like it just, yeah. It's all the things about being aligned to you and what feels good to you and then aligning it together at the same time. I made a really big mistake early on in my business before I I really knew what I was doing. I hosted a mastermind pretty early on. It was a six-month mastermind. And I had a a friend in air quotes that wanted to to do a partnership with me. And she was like, how about if we do this? I'll come in and I'll be like a co-coach. And I'm really into like manifesting. I'm really into like journaling. I'm really into like the woo-woo side of things. I'm really into like the crystal side of things. And they'll work with you one day a week. And then they'll work with me one day a week. And I was like, this sounds amazing. And I I had not really, I didn't really know what this girl did because I was very new in the business side of it. And what happened was it was the biggest disaster because they would get on a call with me and I would teach them business strategy masculine energy, how to do business on a Monday. And then they would get on a call with Stacy on a Wednesday and she would teach them the exact opposite. And they were ping ponged back and forth to the point that I actually had to remove her and buy her out of my mastermind because it was exactly that they were, it was so misaligned. So it move. (laughs) Yeah. Three months. And I was like, I actually have to buy you out of this because my, my clients, my people who bought into my mastermind are so fucking confused because they're literally getting on a call with me and I'm like, bam, 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 bam. And then they're getting on a call with you and you're like, oh, just go for a bike ride and like fucking hang outside and like clients will come and they're like, I don't really know what to do. So yeah, I actually ended up having to buy her out because it was so much, so misaligned. And I think that's what happens so often to people online is they're, they're trying to build a business and they're hearing maybe two coaches and they're hearing it so differently. So you almost have to decide like, do I really want to build this like team masculine with a little bit of feminine or do I want to build it team feminine with a little bit of masculine and pick which route you want to go because I'm very much you need both but you got to have one be the driver for sure and I think something that I thought about when you said that is that both of those both of those both of those uh, modalities have a place in your uh, business journey your self-growth journey whatever it is right but I think that's an important piece too, is knowing where on your journey are you, right? If you've done a lot of like self-growth work, if you've done a lot of manifesting and done a lot of like inner work and healing, then you probably don't need more of that based in your business. You probably need strategy. Like, and the opposite is true too. Maybe if you've been all strategy and then you're just like, okay, I don't know what is messing up. Like I have all the strategy, but I'm still not doing it. Maybe you need more of inner work and self-growth and all that. So it's like, 
where does that fit along your journey? And they most of the time cannot exist together um, in, in a 50%, 50-50 partnership like you were explaining. Yeah. 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 yeah I, something I really um, wanted to lay out in Batty Girls Club because we do mostly the inner work, self-growth, all that stuff. But I did want like strategy at the end, like how do you actually apply this to your life at the end, right? But I wanted to make sure like that is after we've gone back and done a lot of self-growth. So I think putting it on a timeline um, for yourself is super important too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Circling back to your post that I loved, by the way, um, where you were talking about your growth over the last like few years and you put two side by sides and you said like, here's what you saw, here's what you didn't see. Love Mm -hmm. that. Um, and you talked a lot about how you had a lot of behind the scenes that were really tough, like Mm -hmm. things that could probably pull someone out of their business. Mm -hmm. And that happened consecutively over a few years. So with that, can you talk about that a little bit and yeah. kind of tell us like what allowed you to continue showing up in your business, even when things were kind of crazy behind the scenes? Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest things that I always like to just talk about with my own personal business is like, it's just me, right? So I don't have a husband. Um, my business is, is me. So I think that that has been something from the very beginning, you know, I lost my corporate job um, from you know, I had a 22 year corporate C-suite job, you know, making multiple six figures. So from the day that I lost my corporate job, it was like feast or famine. Like I had to figure it out. And I think that's part of why I've been so successful is because I didn't actually have like a plan B, right? I have a lot of people that come to work with me and, and, and this is nothing against them by any means, but like they don't have to make money. Like they want to make money, They'll like, oh, I really want to hit 10K or like, I really want to hit five figures or it'd be nice to have a six figure income. But like, at the end of the day, they don't really have to. I had like no fucking choice. Like I have a very nice lifestyle. I have very nice things. I was used to living a very nice life. So I was like, I have to make this work. So I think from day one, part of the reason why I've been able to be successful is because I've never had a plan B. So if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, okay, I've always treated this as a side hustle. I've always treated this as like, well, if it doesn't work, I can always go back to this or I'm going to give it six months and see what happens. That's why it probably hasn't worked. So this is my invitation to you, like rip off the bandaid and go all in on it. My daughter right now is starting a graphic design business and she's trying to build it. And she also has like a nine to five. And I'm like, McKenna, Literally, you cannot build both at the same time. Quit your nine to five. Go all in on your graphic design business. If it doesn't work in a year from now, you can go back. But like, you have to go all in. You have to go all in. And like, this is me. It's scary for me to tell her that because like she has a mortgage and she has all the things, right? But I think that is like the biggest thing I can tell someone is like, if you have a plan B, plan A will never work. So that was a big part of why I think I've been successful. Step two is because I always knew what I wanted. Like I knew the business that I wanted and it was very apparent, right? I have a whiteboard next to me. I see it every day when I come into my office. So I like embodied it from like day one, like this is what I want. I think a lot of people say like, oh, I want to have a million dollar business. I want to have a six figure business. I want to, I want to be this thing, but they're not actually like embodying it. So every day I like knew what I wanted. So when I had a headache, when I had a brain injury, when my boyfriend cheated, when my daughter moved away, when I don't feel good. I don't feel good today on this podcast. You guys, I have a cold. I have a pounding headache, but I was like, I'm not going to cancel. I'm going to show up because like, this is who Jill is, right? So I look at my board and I'm like, what does a seven figure earner do? She shows up. She's committed. She doesn't cancel. She doesn't lay in bed, right? Like who is that person? So it's like, who is the person that you want to be? And this is my favorite line. Be her now. Don't wait until you are a seven-figure earner, a six-figure earner. You have the business. You start to act like her now. And that'll get you to where you want to be. So through the last two and a half years, I've had 
tons of shit happen. I've had a brain injury. I have chronic headaches every single day. My boyfriend cheated. My daughter moved away, all the things. But every day I woke up and I acted as if I already had the business. And I think that has been why I've been there. And that's why I've gotten to why I've gotten there now. Now, do I show up every day and like, is it sunshine and rainbows? No. You know, like my, and, and I think this is the other thing too. For a long time, I did not want my community to see me as weak. So a good example of this is I had a brain injury about 18 months ago. And I'll, I'll actually share the story with you guys on, on, on the podcast. So I had a brain injury about 18 months ago. And when it first happened, I had a concussion. My audience knew I had to take a week off. And I came back and I tried to hide it. It was during the summer and I had super bad vertigo and the screen hurt to look at. And I was like, I'm just going to start doing my calls outside because I can wear sunglasses. So I tried to like not let my audience know. Okay. Then my audience would be like, why are you always outside on your calls? I'd be like, oh, I just want to like work outside. And I would wear sunglasses so I didn't have to look at my screen. Then it got to the point that I like couldn't really like listen to what they were saying. Like my, my, um, like my memory was not great. So I'd be like, Hey, my zoom's not working today. Can we do audio only? And I was trying to like pin everything together. And then I was just like, you guys, I'm a fucking mess. Like, this is the deal. I can't, my memory's off right now. I have vertigo like a motherfucker. I can't be on these calls. Like I have to bring in a co-coach. And the more that I actually started to share with my audience, what was going on, the more they actually appreciated it but I didn't want to actually show my audience how weak I was because I was like, who's going to pay me 10, 20, $30,000 when I'm like a train wreck, but I could still solve their problems. I could still grow their business. We just had to detour how we did it. So for six months, I did no coaching calls on zoom. My income actually went up. We did no coaching calls other than audio. My income actually went up. All my coaching calls went to 30 minutes instead of 60 minutes. My income actually went up. So by me actually showing my audience what was going on, they actually appreciated it more. So I think that was like a huge learning lesson too, was like, I didn't have to like hide it. You know, like my audience, yeah, my audience knows that like, I never feel good because I have, I have headaches six days out of the week. So my audience knows like today, if I, if I had to message Stephanie and say like, Hey, we got to do our call uh, on audio. I I have a pounding headache. She'd be like, okay. It's not weird to them because they know what I'm dealing with versus like getting on a call and being like, I just got to like sit here and try to get through it. And I don't, I don't try to hide it from my audience. And I think that's why they're so appreciative of it. Everything you said, I'm just like, I keep nodding and I'm just like, because I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on the not having a backup plan. And I think that's something I see a lot in the coaching industry too, is people treating it as like a side hustle, not going all in. Um, So I want to ask you, because I'm a huge believer in that too. Renee and I, my husband and I started our first business together and same thing. We had no backup plan. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. And I really do believe that that's why it worked quickly. It worked well. It worked quickly because we had to pay our bills. We didn't have any other option. We went all in, sold, you know, sold all our shit and made a huge investment. Yep. But how would you help someone who maybe is in a position like what you're describing where maybe their husband works or they don't really need to, they don't have another job, right? Like coaching is their full-time job, but they're still not all in because their husband works, which was my case when I started my coaching business. And um, they don't have to go all in. How do they go all in and make that happen? Is it a large investment? Is it like setting a schedule? What is your advice for that? I would say one, the first thing is like getting your, probably your partner to buy into what you're doing, because I think that's a big part of it. I think that a lot of these like wives or moms, they're, they're treating it as like a side hustle because like, it's just like something to do. But then as soon as like their husband's like, oh, I need you to do this or I need you to take the kids or 
the kids want to do something, it's like the first thing that goes. So I think because they're not treating it serious, like nobody else is treating it serious, right? It's like, if you're just working at the kitchen table and you're the first one to be like, oh, I can put this aside. It's no big deal. Well, then nobody else is going to treat it serious either. But if you're like, no, mom's going to sit at the table every day from 12 p.m. to two, because this is now when mom works, then everybody else is going to treat it serious too. So I love to say like, this is where you probably need to do a little bit of mirror work and say like, if nobody else is treating it serious, are you treating it serious? If, you know, if you're not having people, you know, respect your business, are you respecting your business? Um, If you're not, if you're not um, having people take it, you know, in, in full circle, are you taking it in first circle? I think, I think that's a big one. I have a, a woman right now that is always like, oh, well, you know, my husband doesn't really take my business serious and my, my kids are never letting me work. Well, it's like, well, you've created that. You are the first one to be like, oh, well, it's fine. It's just my business. Well, no, that, that's, that's why they're not doing it. So I think that is the other thing. I think like how serious you take it is how serious other people take it. And then again, I think like whether it's time blocking or creating, you know, some sort of deal. And then again, probably making some sort of investment. I don't believe that you need to go like crazy in to make an investment. Like I always say like a high level client to me does not mean a high level investment, but making some sort of an investment because the transaction or the transformation happens in the transaction. I don't care what it is. I Before we got on this podcast today, I made a $119 investment for the shred program to lose a little bit of weight in 2023. I don't need to spend $10,000 to lose 10 pounds. I just needed to make a tiny little investment for a little bit of accountability, right? Like it doesn't need to be like a crazy investment, just something that there's a little bit of skin in the game. So I think that is another thing that's like, put a little bit of skin in the game. Yeah. I love that. And I think mm-hmm. what you're talking about with the getting your husband to, or your partner, whoever yeah. to buy in, I think is super, super important, but it comes from you and that's accepting responsibility. Yeah. Right. Like saying, I have to look in the mirror. And yeah. I think something that I tapped into, cause I really struggled with that. Um, I was like, he doesn't want me to win. He doesn't want me to like, he doesn't want my business to win. Like I'm always, cause I run a lot of back end stuff for his business. Like mm-hmm. that's always taking over. And then I had to look at like, okay, I am allowing that to always take over. Like, let's imagine that I actually had a job again, like a part-time job, Mm -hmm. which I did have when we ran our business. What was the case then, right? Like things had to wait until Mm -hmm. I got off of that job. And so I had to set boundaries around like, hey, I will not be available during this time. Like I can get to this then. And I think that all comes with communication too. Like when you're um, dealing with like a partner situation like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like a great example, like it's this, it's, you know, December 30th when we're recording this, I have, I'm recording a solo podcast after this, my boyfriend, literally I'm holding my phone up, just texted me. And he's like, Hey, I just took the rest of the day off. When you're done with your podcast, come over. I very easily could say like, I can do that solo podcast tomorrow, but like, I don't blow off my business because like he's off work now. I don't blow off my business because like my girlfriend wants to have lunch. I don't blow off my business because like it's sunny out and I want to go to the beach. Like I do, I look at my board and I say like, what does six figure Jill do? What does seven figure Jill do? What does the person who's building the empire do? They sit here, even though I'd much rather go to his house right now and probably watch home alone. Cause it's like a shitty day outside and like snuggle up in my pajamas. I'm like, no, seven figure Jill records the podcast and then she goes there. So this is where, again, like I have to do a lot of that like inner work and like that mirror work and be like, okay, because as soon as I start blowing things off, it's easier to blow off everything else. It's easier yeah. to be like, okay, I'll just, I'll just, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll move that client tomorrow or whatever. And then again, it's, it's, you're not holding up the standard for the other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I also want to touch on the being honest with your clients too. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I had a little experience with this but lately is um, my group program that's six months is um, largely through Telegram. And so we're in there every day. We do a little morning practice in there. And uh, during the morning practice, we do a little bit of manifestation stuff. So we talk about like gratitude, um, what our day looks like in the past tense. So we set it for a good day and then um, future manifestations in the past tense, right? So we're talking about bigger goals um, that they are like they already happened. Well, I wanted to do this with the clients, right? Because I want to show up 
and not just receive their um, manifestations or goals or whatever. I also want to show that I'm doing the same work, right? Mm -hmm. And so that that forced me, right? I have to be honest about my future manifestations. I have to be honest about my gratitude, which also comes with like what you're struggling with a little bit. And I also had to be super honest about what my days are looking like. And so at first I had a little bit of like reservations about what, what do I share? How like open do I get in this? And the more open and honest that I became with them, the, the better our relationship came became. And again, it allowed like days that, you know, shit went, um, hit the fan in the family. Like I didn't show up at all in telegram that day. I couldn't show up. I could just text. They knew what the hell was happening. Like they already knew they were like, no problem. Take mm-hmm. your time. We'll be here. You know, it's just so much easier when you can be honest upfront mm-hmm. yourself and really just show up as you. Um, and I think a lot of times what I see in the coaching industry is this word that I kind of have like a love hate relationship with, but like being the authority. Mm-hmm. And I think, yes, right. want to be the person that people think of when they think confidence, when they think sales, right. But also being relatable and a normal fucking human where we're yeah. not, Hey, I'm not the authority where I know everything. Like, Hey, I, I, I'm right there with you too. Like I'm still learning. I'm still doing the things. And, um, I think a lot of times people get tripped up on that word authority and being the authority. And that means that authority word to them can mean, I don't have any weakness. I don't have any, um, human like qualities. I sell, sell, sell every day. I'm confident, confident, confident every day. And I don't think that's true at all. So no. And I will tell you, I have had probably in the last year when I started sharing about the fact that, so after my brain injury, I developed daily chronic headaches. Um, and my audience now knows it. Like I never suffered with headaches and now I have a headache again, usually six days out of seven. I have actually had, I would say on average, maybe eight clients in the last year that have hired me specifically that have a chronic illness. And why they hired me was they said, because I know that if I have to cancel last minute or I'm not feeling well, you actually would be someone that would probably understand it. Now, it's not like a fucking free for all in my world where they can just like cancel whenever they want. But I definitely am somebody who gets it right where I know there's a lot of coaches that are like, oh, I'm sorry if you have to cancel your call. It's a, it's a use it or lose it. Or, hey, if you can't make this call, like we're going to charge you. Right. I'm a little more lenient, probably a lot more lenient than most because I get it because I've had to cancel things last minute. I've had to message my mentor and be like, I'm not going to make today's call. Right. So because I actually have shared this like vulnerability thing, people actually have resonated with me more. Right. If somebody was to message me right now and say, Hey, I'm not going to make today's call. Can we move it to tomorrow? It's a much easier conversation. And I actually understand it a lot more. Yeah. And that speaks I'm like to, a, I'm a real fucking human. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, and it speaks to also like pulling your most, um, aligned client or your most, uh-huh. um, ideal client, right. Is somebody yeah. who probably is very similar to you. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Too. And also because if I need to message her and say like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make today's call yeah. or, Hey, I'm going to be on today's call, but like, we may have to talk a little bit slower today because my head feels like it's in the clouds. She also gets it. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's definitely like a more aligned thing. Yeah. Right. I just had my mastermind on Monday and I was actually supposed to teach on Monday and I got on the call and I was like, Hey guys, I'm not teaching today because it's not actually in the best energy for me to teach. So we're actually going to move this around. We're actually going to do breakout sessions because I want to be in my best energy to teach. And I want you guys to get the best of me. So we're going to move this one week because I don't feel good tonight. No surprise. And like, if that was somebody that didn't get me, they'd be like, what the fuck? But they actually are like, okay, totally cool. We'd much rather have her when she is in high energy. So like, we'll just detour. We're just going to switch the call around. It's like no big deal because my audience gets it. Yep. I love it. I love it. Um, I want to talk about the number of podcasts and like your content <laughs> and how much content you're putting out. Um, because you mentioned that on a post as well, that how many podcasts you've recorded. Um, yeah. So when did you start your podcast? How many podcasts have you recorded? And I want to know also, is this kind of like the excess amount of podcasts, the excess amount of like um, content in general 
Mm-hmm. I say excess because to me it's a lot, but it might not feel like a lot to you. So that's not a negative connotation, yeah. but is that large amount of content and large amount of podcasts, is that kind of like a um, secret sauce, I guess you would say for you and sales and your strategy? Yeah. So a couple things. things. Uh, we'll talk first about the amount of podcasts I've been on. So oh. I, yeah, we'll talk about that one first. So okay. I have uh, in 18, in uh, 2022, I was on 307 podcasts. So that is a lot of podcasts, right? Uh, there's a strategy around that. Um, part of the reason why I was on so many podcasts is because I borrow people's audiences. It's, it's very simple, right? Um, so if you think about that, that's equivalent to me being on like 300 stages. Maybe some of them were small, maybe some of them were large, but in all essence, I was on 300 stages last year. So that was why podcasting is such a big, a big deal for me is because I'm literally borrowing people's audiences. Um, it's the, it's the quickest and cheapest way to build your brand. It's the quickest and cheapest way to adhere other people's audiences. And it's the quickest and cheapest way to build brand awareness. So that was why I was on so many. So I have a lot of people that come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm trying to build my brand. And, you know, I was on like one podcast this month. Okay. Like that, that's, that's cool. That's great. But like, what if you were on one a week? What if you were on one a day? I want you to think about that. Right. So my methodology on everything is like, I'm going to do it on steroids. So I want you to think about this. If one podcast a week comes out with your name on it, what if five podcasts a week come out with my name on it? Now you listen to business podcasts and you're like, holy shit, I keep hearing this girl's name. Like Chris Harder had her on, Tiffany Carter had her on, the Confident Queen had her on, Gretchen Heinen had her on. Like every podcast I fucking turn on, this girl is on it. Like, who is she? Right? It's Mm -hmm. called omnipresence. It's like all of a sudden you never heard of me. And now you're literally like everywhere I turn, this girl's on it. So there was a lot of intentionality on that. So that was like, why I got on so many podcasts. Also, if you go to like Spotify or Apple and type in my name, a bajillion podcasts come up, right? So now you hear me on one, then you hear me on another, then you hear me on another. So there was definitely intentionality on that. The same thing comes with content, right? If Jackie and I are both business coaches and Jackie puts out one piece of content every other day, and I put out two pieces of content a day, it's just a matter of like, who warms up their audience quicker? Who's top of mind quicker? It's not that one is right or one is wrong. It's just like, who's top of mind? My goal has always been like, if you are in my world and you follow me, I want to be the first person at the top of your feed when you open it. I want to be the top. I want to be the bubble at the top of your Instagram every time you open it. So how does that happen? You have to be a content machine. You got to be on all the time so that like every time my clients open it, they're like, there she is again. There she is again. There she is again. And like people that are new to following me, that's what they say. They're like, every time I open my Instagram, like you're at the top. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking intentional. It's, it's why, right? So that is why. Now, I talk about the same things a lot. So I'm not creating like 30,000 different things that I'm talking about. If you guys start to follow me, which I all hope that you guys do, the Jillian Murphy, you will see that I'm really only talking about the same five or seven things. My daughter who does my graphics even says this. She's like, I feel like I'm typing the same fucking thing over and over and over. You are. You're just sometimes making it teaching, sometimes making it a role model, sometimes making it a behind the scene. Also, what happens is people are hearing the same thing over and over and over and over. And there's intentionality behind that as well with content. But yeah, I am a little bit of like a content machine. And then with podcasting, part of the reason why I bank so many podcasts. One is because I don't feel good a lot. So on the days that I feel good, I want to bank like a ton of podcasts out so that I have them. Like I have 111 podcasts banked. So like literally, (laughs) yeah. So like literally right now, if I did not want to book or record another podcast, I don't have to record another podcast. I mean, 52 weeks a year, we do two podcasts a week. I don't have to, I don't have to record another podcast for the next, for a whole year. Now, Not all of those podcasts are going to go out because a lot of them sucked. A lot of them, I'm like, this person, I'm not in a hurry to air. A lot of them, like, you know what I mean? They're not all going to go out. They're not Mm -hmm. all great. But in all essence, I don't have to record a single podcast for 2023 if I didn't want to. So that is why I'm always like banking so much stuff. 
Yeah, that is literally insane that you have that many. Um, but I love that. And like I said, when I came on your podcast too, I really did like the fact that it was a little bit more like quick and concise. Um, as I'm like growing in in my podcast, I have really realized that, you know, I think when this is so synonymous to like when we get into business, we're like, oh, like I want to be this like feel good, like I want to like be different than everyone else and really pay attention to this aspect, whatever, right? Our projections. But then you start to like realize that you actually have to be efficient too. So you can add those things in your business. Um, for example, I, a lot of times wanted people to come here in studio. And a lot of my first guests did come in studio because they were here in Southern California, which is amazing. I love having people in studio. It's really fun. Like it's in my house. It's a girly room. It's, it's super fun. However, that those episodes, a, they take a lot of fucking time. Mm -hmm. They take a lot of time to fucking edit because my dogs are here. You know, yeah, all the things I got two cameras going, like it's way more a lot. Yeah. It's a lot more, but doing a zoom call, even though a little bit different, how much is that really affecting the audience and mm -hmm. the guests? Like they're still going to feel me, my energy. And so I think it also comes back down to like confidence, self-worth and knowing like what I put out, how I interact with someone, whether it be through zoom, whether it be in person, whether it be just on the phone, audio, however, it's still you. And so your energy transfers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is going to, that's huge too. And like part of my methodology for the podcast, one is like, I'm very intentional who I bring on. Right. So let's say I had Alicia on my podcast today and the episode bombed. I am so confident in saying like, Hey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And like, I'm never going to air that podcast. You guys, like I have so much respect for my community that like, I'm not going to air podcasts that are bad. So I've done probably 20 podcasts that like, will never get aired. And that's okay. Like I might use them for like an IG reel. Mm -hmm. I might use them to put out in an email or something, but like, know that like not every podcast is going to be great either. Right. I've gotten on some podcasts where it's gone off into like totally left field. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this to my audience. This person's fucking weird. Or like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just gotten sideways. And like, maybe I'll use it for something else. Maybe I'll pull out a clip or something. Right. But like, that was part of it too. And then part of my reason for making them short was I was like, if they'll listen to one quick, then maybe they'll listen to another one. So that was part of like why I, part of reason mine are quick too. Also mine are very teaching. Mm -hmm. So again, like always thinking too, like what's your intentionality behind the podcast, right? So mine are very teaching. So I didn't want to like give someone like a ton of shit to do because people are inherent, inherently lazy. So if I was like, go do this, 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 they're not going to do it. But if I can knock out a solo episode in nine minutes, right, teach you how to go create one killer piece of content, they're more apt to go do that versus like a 60 minute podcast where they're, first of all, probably not going to listen to the whole episode and they're definitely not going to go back and go do the actual work. For sure. Yeah. I, when I listened to your podcast for the first time, I listened to, I think two, mm -hmm. um, because same thing, like you're saying, they are short but they have so much information that I had to stop at too, because I was like, okay, I got to actually like write this fucking down. Like I can't just listen to it and leisurely. And I think that's a good point of what you said too, is like the intentionality of like, what type of podcast do you want? Not only yeah. podcasts, but business, mm -hmm. um, everything, right? Like, what are you actually wanting to get? Where is your, like your intention behind this? Mm -hmm. Um, and understanding that before you create and before you have a, a strategy, because the strategy has to come from your intention. Absolutely. Um, okay. I want to do a little rapid fire. Perfect. Um, okay. Hold on one sec. Ugh. Okay. The rapid fire. I have a feeling usually I say it's never rapid fire because I love to talk, but I have a feeling with you, it's going to be rapid because you are so fast, but I love that. Um, everyone's always telling me I talk way too fast. I mean, mostly just my dad and my yeah, husband. My dad but... always said that too growing up. Okay. Um, are you currently reading anything. I am. I'm bringing a hundred million dollar offer by Alex Ramosi. Oh yes. I saw that on your, on your Instagram. Love yeah. that. Okay. So I'll link that for you guys down below. And then there's also a reading list linked in the show, show notes, my personal reading list. And then also Renee's because you guys love him. So that's linked. Um, I asked on Instagram and I want to see your response too. So everyone makes, you know, a word for 2023. I don't know if you do that, 
but I asked people to make a word for their 2022 looking back. What would your word be for 2022 looking back? Um, persistence. Yes. Ooh, I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. That is a really, really good one. Do you have a word for 2023? Um, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. With a positive connotation, I'm assuming. Because- yeah, like there's going to be lots, <laughs> lots and lots and lots of uncomfortableness um, in 2023. Um, so I'm really excited for it. I hired um, a new mentor, which was a very uncomfortable investment. My business model is changing, which is going to be very uncomfortable. I'm changing the way I'm selling, which is going to be uncomfortable. Um, I'm flying for the first time in three years since my brain injury, which is going to be uncomfortable. I'm getting into a room with all um, eight and nine figure earners, which is going to be uncomfortable because I'm the baby. There's just a lot of uncomfortableness coming in 2023. So I love that. That's one of my favorite sayings is like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Um, Okay. What is your go-to coffee order right now? I actually don't drink coffee. That's not shocking. It is shocking that someone would not drink coffee, but it's not shocking because of your high energy level. So I understand. Yeah, I am a I am a green tea <laughs> drinker. Okay. Okay. Green mm-hmm. tea. Love it. Do you drink alcohol? I do not. Okay. If you are going to a bar, mm-hmm. someone, other people are drinking alcohol or a restaurant. What is your go-to drink? Sparkling water. Oh, yes. Love that. I'm very okay. lame. You guys, I'm very lame in real life. <laughs> no, honestly, I the older that I get, the lamer I am. Yeah, I'm very um, lame. I'm very lame. Yeah, very, very lame. But I I I actually really love that. Honestly, it's so much more fun. Um, it makes the the really chaotic times a lot more special and a lot more exciting. Yes. And it's not every day. Um, okay. When you go to the movies, mm-hmm. what's your candy? Butterfinger. Butterfinger. Ooh, that's the one we've never heard before. I love that. Really my favorite, the little bite-sized ones too. So you like never feel like you're eating like seven candy bars. Yes. And I hate a Butterfinger bar too, because there's so much of the inside. I need a little bit more chocolate. I love that. Do you, would you put your candy or your Butterfinger? Would you put it on top of your popcorn? No, no. Okay. No. Um, okay. Last two is, did you ever have AOL like aim? I still have AOL. That is still my email. Shut up. I, I did so not. I'll tell you a funny story. I actually, <laughs> hired, I actually hired. Um, I don't know if you guys know Tiffany Carter. She's like a billionaire coach, and I hired her for one strategy session back in the day. And she was like, "I am not sending you a fucking invoice if it goes to AOL." She's like, "This tells me you'll like, never get it." She's like, "I'm literally not sending this to you." She's like, "Set up a Gmail account before we actually work together." And we laugh about it to this day. She was like, "I am not sending it to this fucking email address." That I'm like, it's so my funny. email. She's like, first of all, it's like your, it's like Jillian Brown, which is like your maiden name. And it's like 18 different numbers after it at AOL. She's like, I'm not sending a fucking email to this. <laughs> oh my God. I always have to ask people their age before I ask them this question. Yeah, I'm 44. And that's amazing. I'm like yeah. people, I, I have people of all ranges, but either people are right on my age, which is great. They know exactly what I'm talking about. They're older. So they have like an actual email address with it. And they are like, they really know, or they're too young that they don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, and that's really upsetting, but okay. Last one is what was your best Amazon purchase of this month? Ooh, probably. So I have headaches every day and I actually bought like a new headache hat and you put it in the freezer and it like goes over your whole head. And I have a lot of them, but this one didn't have ice packs in it. It was just like a straight sleek one because normally they have ice packs in them. So they're like big. So you can't like sleep on them, but this was like a sleek one. That was probably my favorite Amazon purchase. I actually got advertised that on Instagram. I don't really have headaches like that, but I don't know how it, so I don't know how it got to me, but is it like a neoprene? type yep. of material. Yeah. 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 Well, the other ones I like, have are like, they have like these ice packs mm-hmm. in them. So you're trying to lay, but there's like this like weird ice pack. This one's like really like sleek. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't even have headaches and I wanted to buy it. <laughs> I was like, like I that's, headaches is amazing. That's a good fucking idea. Why? How can yeah, you lay it's, on it's an amazing. ice pack? I buy like, if you, anyone on this podcast that has like a headache thing, just send it to me. I will buy it. Like I am like your avatar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll link that down below. I you. buy all the gimmicks for headaches. It could, it could literally be like a rock, a bracelet, anything. I will buy it. Hell yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think that's your, your, like your thing, right. Is like all in all the things trying everything. Yeah. Nothing is off limits. 
Yeah. I went to the doctor one time and I had this bracelet on and I've had the same doctor for like 40 years. And he was like, what is that bracelet? I was like, it's a headache bracelet. He's like, how much was it? I was like, $199. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, is it make my headaches go away? He was like, you are like the epitome of like the worst person to be marketed to. I was like, I know I have like the headache bracelet. He was like, it's not going to help your headaches. I'm like, like, I swear to God, if it, if it's anything, I'm like, I'll buy it. I'll try it. I've, I have like literally every gizmo and gadget ever. But that's good because it's like, you have a good outlook that like, Hey, it is going to help me instead of being yeah. like, no, no, try nothing it. can help. Yeah. I, I'll try anything. I got the candles yeah. and soap, the rocks, everything. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. Headache Queens tap in, you know where to find her. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to say thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank you, you so much, much for having me. I loved it. Giving my, t- giving your time. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I'll have everything linked down for linked for her, excuse me, down below. For you guys, show notes on Instagram. Make sure you follow Confident AF Podcast on Instagram, the Jillian Murphy on Instagram. And thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you again for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely adore you. And I can't wait to see what happens for you in 2023.